Hey everybody, welcome back to episode uh, 3, or 1, 12, or whatever it is. But this is the episode for the Youth Ministry Booster Roadmap, where we talk about development in Youth Ministry. So if this is your first time tuning in, you need to rewind the clock a little bit. You've got to catch 110 about discovery and 111 about building, because it's not going to make any sense if you're jumping in the middle. So this is the third part of a five-part series that we're calling the Youth Ministry Roadmap. And so here at YMB, we are all about helping healthy youth workers, healthy youth pastors put their hard work to the most meaningful experience in their ministry that they can. And for us, that's all about the roadmap. So today, with my buddy Chad Higgins, and we're going to talk about what it means to develop your youth ministry, to develop your youth ministry. But Chad, um, catch us up a little bit. The last two episodes talked about what it means to discover, to build, and then walk us in today on how development is a little bit yeah, different. Yeah, absolutely. You know, as we've talked about, right, with this um, uh, discovery phase, we're asking all of these questions, building phase, right? I think a lot of times when we think of student ministry, we often think of this building phase, right? Like creating new things, right. getting things going. It's it's the like week to week of student ministry, right? And there's a yeah, lot yeah. of different things that, that you're going to, to build, right? One of the first things that we'd really encourage all of our listeners to build, and hopefully you've thought through this, is that kind of mission, vision, strategy of your student ministry. Yeah. So if you haven't built that yet, that would be one thing that we really, really want to encourage you to do, right? To take these questions that you've that you've got to begin to build it. Um, and that's going to be so, so crucial as we start thinking about this development phase, right? And so the first question that I'm going to ask you, Zach, that we'll talk about a little bit is how specifically is the development phase different than the building? For me, Chad, like this is kind of the turning point. I think for a lot of folks that maybe heard the first two sessions, they were like, yeah, these guys are great. It's on board. You know, I get in there, I have my interview, I ask questions. Who is the church? What do they want? How can I succeed? And then they just get off to building. And I think that's great. The problem is they never stop building. <laughs> I think for a lot of our friends in youth ministry, it's all about what's next, what's new, what's the innovation, what's the tech, what's the hack, what's the way to get more or this or have or do, and, and the encouragement, and maybe even in our tone, if we could just share, if you are in the development phase, if you've built everything in that first year-ish in ministry or in the new place that you're serving, take a pause and find a way to step back. And I think that is the fundamental difference between build and development is, is the building phase is the constant kind of frenetic, frantic, I got to get it done. What's next we're going to be this teaching series, this next event. And that's why I think it takes a year. You've got to live that full year of ministry from camp to camp, from January to January. And then only then after you've kind of lived that full year, can you begin to step back and say, what's most important? What are the things that we are doing that matter the most? What are the things that I can do and refine? And without changing everything, begin to find key processes, key areas to fine-tune and develop. Because after a year's worth, hopefully there's enough track laid on the rail <laughs> that you can you know, have a teaching series or weekly program uh, you know, week to week, month to month, or maybe you have at least enough adult leaders that you feel like that you have some bases covered, but you wish they had more training, or you've got some leaders in the ranks of your students that seem to kind of stand out, but you want to know what to do with them. And that's where I think this development phase for us is a way for us to kind of tackle these individual processes that contribute to the whole. I think builders are swinging with both hands. You know, it's hammer in one hand and it's glue gun in the other. I think the development 
development phase is us standing back and beginning to chisel, beginning to examine, beginning to evaluate because everything is going to happen. But now how does it happen well and how does it happen in a way that contributes to making that vision flourish and fulfill? Absolutely. When when I think of this process, one of the things that pops into my mind is the difference between working uh, in your ministry and working on your ministry, right? Mm, would you say say more about that? Because I think that's a really key kind of distinction for a lot of. So I, I think a lot of times when we think of the building phase, like we're working inside of our ministry, right? It's the week to week stuff that we're doing, right? We're writing the sermon, we're we're planning for the next event, and 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 hear hear me in this. Sometimes just changing an event from year to year is not actually development, right? A lot mm-hmm. of times it's just rebuilding, right? That you're doing right. the same thing over and over again. And even though you may walk away from that event and go, okay, that was bad. We won't ever do that again, right? Yeah. Re- you still did? <laughs> yeah. Or, or it's like, yeah, repelling off the side of the church. Bad idea. We won't do that again, right? Got it. Um, yeah. But that's not really development, right? Development is that working um, on your ministry, right? Not necessarily the inside. Yeah. So it's taking the step back, right? You're more in some of that administrative role. You're in that management role of creating the system, right? That everything works into. And so not only are you looking at that event and going, okay, that was a fun event, right? Cause there can be a lot yeah. of fun events. You may throw an event or a series that you're like, man, that was awesome, right? But if we step back and we look at it and we start to, to examine it and go, that wasn't part of this bigger system and what we're trying to do, it misses the mark. And so a lot of times yeah. we're taking things that, that are almost there, right? And really going, okay, what, what is this doing for the overall vision of where we're going? Well, I think the real key difference here, maybe in kind of a visual way, is this the move from having a task list to a goal okay. list, right? Like, what are the things that I have to get done, and what are the things I wish I could get done? And if you never have enough time to move from task to goal, then you've got to find a way. And that, that maybe that's your first goal is we're doing too much, and you just start hacking and slashing and saying, I have no time to actually work on it. Because hear this, friend, if you have no time to work on your ministry, it's never going right. to get better. <laughs> Like, no. It's only going to get better if you create enough space for you to stand back. This is the, um, the great author that has this line about porch time versus workshop time. Yeah. And if you are always in the workshop, you can never stand on the porch to see some of the things that you've made. And I think for a lot of our listeners that are youth ministers, they are always building, working in the trenches, in the grind. And there's no time for what you're talking about, systems and processes that, that move us from the things that I have to get done to the things that I think ought to get done that are most important, the things that will transform and do. And so I think that's a real key kind of transition in thinking. Well, and it's important that we see our, that we see our ministry in these systems and processes rather than just events and programs, right? And that's part of it. And why is that? Because I think that's one of the things that we're getting to about when the time we get to the end of the stage five stuff. And so I I don't, I, I know that everybody's, you know, vision is different, right? Everybody's strategy is different. But I'll give you one. Like, let's say for you, you said, by the time every student that walks out of my student ministry, right? Let's say that for you, you want them to know how to study their Bible, right? Like, I'll just give you that one, right? 
then you have to understand if that's a goal for you, if for students walking out is to be able to study their Bible, then you've got to systematically think through, all right, from seventh grade or sixth grade to 12th grade, right? What's the progression that they need to go on over these next seven years, yeah. right? Now, answering that question doesn't come in one event, right? We, right, we have to right. step back. Or even one great right. series. <laughs> yeah, if, if you figure to do it in one great series, you're not yeah. going to make that happen, right? We'll just have a great Bible series in April and we'll Correct. get it covered. But yeah. when you can step back and you can go, okay, I know and I understand that this is a big goal for us, right? As, to use your words, this goal plan, then then we're able to start to evaluate, right? Um, and, and develop these processes of looking at our small groups, right? And go, how do our small groups answer that process? Where in our teaching yeah. plan does it answer that process? And as weird as it sounds, where does that lock in, right? Answer that question. Yeah. Because, yeah. And, and here's the truth. You may look at that lock in and go, it doesn't at all. And I'm not saying that that's enough to f- throw it out, right? Because it may right. answer other questions that you have in your ministry. But, at the end of the day, we want to look at all the things that we're doing and in yep. this bigger system and go, that's why I do it. One of the biggest reasons that I think youth ministers look at things like lock-ins or whatever is, and they hate them is because they can't answer the why. Yeah. But for the youth minister that, that can answer the why, right? As much as we hate staying up at late at night and all those kind of things, if you can answer the why and it is so important for the process, you would be thrilled to do them, right? Now I'm not, yep, I'm not a big right. proponent of lock-ins, right? For my own selfish reasons. But if you're looking at it and go, the best way that we can answer this problem is through that the youth minister, let's yep. do it, right? And and so yep. that's, that's right. part of this looking back. It's developing. It's looking at all these processes. It's setting these goals, and it's figuring out for you what are some of the end goals. So real practical one. Here's a real-life one for me. Um, I wanted every single one of my graduating seniors to be able to lead a small group. That was one okay. of my goals. That that was a high water mark for you. That if you had a graduating senior that could lead a small group, that was an indicator of success Correct. in your ministry. Because for me, okay. I saw a bigger structure across the the American church that most American churches have small groups, and it's vital that they have leaders. And I was looking at my own church that was struggling to find adult small group leaders, and yeah. so my question was. Where in the process of the church are we teaching people to lead small groups? We're teaching people how to be great participants in small groups, but nobody's teaching them how to lead small groups. And so for us, that was part of the process to the point that second semester of senior year, um, our, our seniors started leading small groups, not only in their own, but in other areas of our student ministry. We would take high school students to summer camps with our middle school students, those kind of things. But along the way, we're going, how are we teaching it? How are we developing that way when they walk out, right? And so everything that we do is planned and it's thought out. And so that's taking us from a building phase, right, of getting things going. You have to have a Wednesday night. You have to have these events. But then going, okay, how do we fine-tune them to fit these goals and really make them um, not just the event better, but the whole system better. And that's what we're trying to think. That's right. 
Well, and I think another case in point, Chad, that relates to, for a lot of folks, this kind of move is the difference between getting enough leaders and training yeah. your leaders. And I think for a lot of folks, that the, they are consumed with, if I only had more volunteers, if I only had more volunteers, but the move from building, which is just, I need some volunteers to developing is I need volunteers to fit this role, to lead this group, to help drive, to help run security. You've begun to move from just having like a gaggle of volunteers to having like specific areas in which you need volunteers, which ups your recruitment process, which up your training process and allows you to develop leaders and not just have leaders. That's why I think for so many folks, you've got to get out of that first year mindset. I think to borrow from a teacher adage, a lot of youth ministers will do youth ministry for 20 years. Some of them will do it for for 20 years and some will do the first year 20 times. And I think for a lot of us, like we get caught up in like, like camp year seven should be amazingly better and different than camp year one, not just in a new theme, but who's involved at what level you're leading, at what level your adults are leading, at what level your students are engaged. Like do not be guilty of doing the same year multiple times. I think for a lot of folks that end up only being out of place for a few years, it's because they've run out of things to do because they haven't begun to develop the systems and make the space for the improvements that need to happen. And so, again, this may be a, a turning point for you, listener, and I hope that you're writing down notes and you're like getting worked up with ideas. But here's the next wrinkle we want to give you. Only tackle one key process at a time. I think that if, if you if you have just moved from an idea, okay, I built everything and I want to develop everything, all you're doing is you're building on top of building. You're just calling it something different. This is that key moment of like, okay, my Sunday morning isn't as good as it could be, but I believe, I believe if I train up better volunteers, eventually it will be. <laughs> Or this is the like if we if we had a better structure or system for the way in which we had a midweek, right? Like for a lot of folks that they want to have like an amazing, high energy, powerful midweek for you. Maybe, you know, listen, we don't have the kids involved to start our own kind of student band yet. That's okay. I've got some college kids that can come in once a month and then we can use some YouTube tracks and games for the other times because we're really going to focus on fostering an environment of fun. We know that if it gets to be fun, kids are going to show up whether the band is good or not. And then from there, enough kids show up, we'll have people that we can recruit to put in a band. <laughs> so don't don't try to make it more fun and a band and this and new leaders all at the same time. Seasonally, whether it's a course of a couple months or a semester, pick out some of these key processes, these key areas of development to develop instead of trying to develop everything at once. And I think that is the wisdom of it's all built. The ship is going to float, but now we're going to make it cruise. And I think that's really like the shift we want a lot of our folks to kind of work through is not just trying to like go from like frantic, like what am I going to do to like wild and frenetic, like let's fix it all. Like pick out things one at a time. I think, I think back to the season in the very beginning of 2017 when my best friend Chad told me, okay, you said you did a lot in 2016 and the beginning of 2017, you were going to do a lot less and you held me to it. You held me to do less in a season instead of trying to do more so we actually could work on stuff to make it better. And, I, and I'm, I'm thankful for that because my tendency was, let's just do new, we'll, we'll bolt on, we'll add on, we'll refurbish. And you said, no, let things actually wait and develop instead of trying to tackle all of it yeah. at once. And you continue to, to fi fine-tune that, right? You you continue to look at the system, the process, and your vision and strategy, right? And you continue to come back to these questions. All right, can we talk about the practical a little bit? Can I 
I give some yep. some yep. kind of step so, process here? So quick review. Phase one, discovery, asking the questions. Phase two, building, getting the ship to not sink. Phase three, noticing the leaks in the development. Chad Higgins walks the practical Show us where some leaky ports yeah. might be. So the first thing that, that I'm going to, to recommend, it, whether you're looking at your ministry as a whole or you're looking at one specific area, right? Like you brought up leaders um, earlier. Um, you And I think that this process is, is done in both ways, right? We can develop on the small scale of something individual or we can talk about the large scale. So we've been jumping back and forth as we've been talking through this of small scale, big scale, all those kind of things. And there's a building process, right? Right in each of those, and there's a development process in each of those. Um, but l- let's talk through. I think the first thing that we do in in either one of those areas is an evaluation process, right? Okay. And and so um, I, I think that that's the first part of development is the the evaluation process. I would encourage and recommend uh, each of our listeners here in every area of your ministry that you take time for healthy evaluation, right? That you're getting feedback from your people. You're examining yourself. After every event, there should be an evaluation process for you, right? Because you need feedback. You need to hear, hey, how did it go from your end? What did it look like from from where you were at? All of those kind of things. So we're we're evaluating this process. Here's the big thing that I want you to think about in in the evaluation process, though, especially when it comes to your overall ministry. I think you weigh in three things very heavily. The first one is your vision, right? That you're evaluating on that of going, okay, does this meet the vision right? Of what we laid out. All right. So this overall arching plan, did it meet the vision? And here's what I'm going to encourage you to do. If you're doing things right that do not meet that vision, one of two things needs to happen. One, you don't do it anymore. Okay. Cut it loose. (laughs) Or if it's one of those things where you're like, listen, I will be killed in the street if I cut it loose. Okay. Then the second thing is this then you change your philosophy, not your vision. You change your philosophy of how you're doing that thing, okay? And to where you can go, the next time we do it, it will meet this purpose. It may look completely different, Mm. right? One of the things that I've seen uh, youth ministers do for years is this, that they'll, they'll leave something the same name, but they'll drastically change what it does, right? That's good. And and, yeah. and I think that we've got to think through that process, right? Of going, all right, this doesn't fit our vision, right? We've evaluated that. What do we do? All right, so in evaluation, we want our vision to line up. The next thing, and this is not in, in any sort of importance order, right? But I put this right in the middle because I think the, the these two things need to come to it. Scripture, Right? I, okay. I, I think it's important that we look at our ministry and we go, hey, is this where the Lord has called us to come to, right? You know, yeah. b- because it's it's real easy to to get so gung-ho on, on things that we go, what are we what are we losing, right? Where where are we yeah. continuing to come to? What's the foundation of this? 
um, hopefully for us, all of our ministry comes back to this place of, of, of being founded, of, of us being able to look at the scripture and go, yeah, this is, a, this is where God's leading us to, right? The, the big thing that I want to put scripture in there for is that in, in our evaluation process, we shouldn't just look at it and go, yeah, yeah, this is good in my own mind, right? But we yep. take time in evaluation of the process of praying through it, seeking the Lord and going, God, is this still where you're leading our path? There's a yep. lot of great quote unquote youth ministers that try to do this on their own with their own ability. And and what happens is you may do it for a season and it may look great, but we will always continue to do things on our own skill and our own efforts. And we're going to get tired. And so we come back to this place. We want our vision to line up with scripture. And then, and then this final piece is our people, right? That when we evaluate with, with those big three things in mind, right? Through this process, Hey, are we hitting um, vision? Is this where God's leading us, right? And, and we're following the scripture. Are our people connecting with this, right? Do our Does our leadership above us understand what's going on? Do, are our people buying into it? Are our students excited, right? When we can grab all three of these, pull these together and go, all right, now we're on to something, right? And, th- and then we yeah. continue to, to ride with that. And so evaluation is not just, was the communication good, right? Yeah, but we're yeah. looking at it at a bigger scale once again, right? We're not just building. We're looking at process. We're looking at systems. We're trying to move people, right, from one understanding to another understanding over seven years, right? And that's a big Good. thing. And so so yeah. as we evaluate, we want to walk through that process and everything we do and look at our ministry and go, all right, for our adult leaders, right, our are they equipped to carry out our vision, right? Are they are they walking with this biblical mindset, right? Are our students connecting to them? Or are they connecting our students, right? We're continuing to ask these questions along the way to evaluate a healthy. The next thing in this process of development that I would point to is this, is that we build with secession in mind, all right? Yeah. This process that we're developing, right? That we're constantly asking ourselves, what am I laying the foundation for? Am I laying the foundation so it's easier for me next year? Or am I laying the foundation that this continues when I'm gone? And that's what we've got to, that's what we've got to start building to, right? That this thing functions if I'm not in the chair. And I think I would offer to that the, the, the way in which you can maybe evaluate that is if it could be done again without you, right? Like could the kids do camp again if you were someone who was only, you know, marginally involved? Could could students come through the life of your youth ministry and get connected in a small group, hear some great biblical teaching, learn how to read their Bible better, learn how to share their, their faith with their friends, if it wasn't all on you. And the move from build to develop says, I need more people involved and more people can help make this even better. And then also we could do this again and again, even if I wasn't in the room. Because as soon as you start thinking that way, you're almost ready for the next phase that we have for you, which is to scale. So I'm, I'm going to step on some toes here. If you're looking at your ministry right now and you're going, ah, if, if, and I'm not just saying if the next guy comes in there, I'm saying there was a void of a youth minister, right? Yeah. If it could no longer function, 
right, with the people in your church, then what you have built is not a youth ministry. What you have built is your way of ministering to students, okay? Yeah. And there's something very different. And and I'm not saying that that's wrong, right? For you as a person, you feel like, man, I want to minister to students, and and for some people— some good will come right. from that. Some good will come but from that. But if you're trying to build a student ministry, right? Right. Then you're trying to build a system and a structure that functions inside of that church, that that church is able to minister to the students that walk through their doors and to the students in their community, with or without you at the helm, right? And and so when we start to look at it that way and we're going, hey, I am playing a piece in this puzzle. It's not all about Chad. It's not all about Zach. It's not all about you, right? And we're able to to build this and, and, and allow this to run and work um, without you like holding on to the reins dearly. And the final thing that I would point to in, in this development process that goes along with this is taking your ideas and your processes out of your head and onto mm. paper. Because, right. and, and that's part of that process, that development process of what you're trying to do. I think a lot of youth ministers have all the great ideas in their head, right? But we want to get those out of our head and onto paper. It's hard to make a copy if it's not copyable. Right. <laughs> And so write it down, type it up, send it out. It is okay for you to have a games handout for someone else to lead the game. That's a good one. It's also okay to have a small group leader have the questions that you were going to ask in front of them for them to ask. And it's probably even okay to have one of your great leaders who feels called and equipped to teach and talk work with you and walk up on stage and take notes and teach and talk without having it to be you. That's good development for your ministry. That's good growth for your ministry. Get it written down. If you believe in it enough to think it and rethink it and think it, then it's probably good enough to write down and share. And here's what's great, right? When we start taking things from our head to paper – it's going to make you think through the process. So I'll yeah. ask you this question, right, Zach? <laughs> if if me and you were going to start a business, right, and we needed to go to a bank and get a loan, we're going to go see Daddy working, right, at his bank, right. and we're going to ask him for a, a small business loan. He's going to expect that we have a business plan, right? And it's yeah. going to be written, and it's going to be detailed, and it's going to explain who we are and what we're about and where we want to go and all those kind of things. And so if the world would expect that to get a little bit of money out of their pocket. When we turn to parents, when we turn to our leadership, when we turn to our leaders and we say, all those stakeholders that we talked about. And we say, hey, we want to take these students from here to there. Why would we not do the same work and the same effort that an entrepreneur and a businessman would, would go through painstakingly to get a few thousand dollars that we would say what we do is internally important and we want to we want to take the time to map that out, to put that on paper, to go, hey, this is what we're trying to do. 
Over a seven-year process, as these students walk through our ministry, this is what we want to get, and here's how we're going to do it, right? And then we map out this vision, and we have this process that we're walking through, and then over and over, we're developing that process. We're fine-tuning it. We're asking the questions of, are we continuing on this path and developing, and that we're not just recreating something every year, but we're looking at it through a fine-tooth comb of going, okay... This is getting us where we want to go. And that, to me, is the development process. All right, that's episode three of our five-part Youth Ministry Booster Roadmap for developing your youth ministry for a healthy, growing ministry. Join us back next episode when we talk about what it means to scale. Down. And I'm going to show you things you've never seen.